If you're looking for a way to help birds or take your support to the next level, this May, I would love for you to join the Birds Canada Birdathon. It's easy to participate in and helps raise thousands of dollars for bird conservation. Learn more at birdscanada.org slash birdathon. Now let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Warblers Birds Canada podcast. I'm Andrea Gress. Join me and others as we travel on common flight paths with our guests, gaining insights and inspiration from the world of birds and bird conservation in Canada. Welcome to another episode of The Warblers. It's December, things are starting to get a little snowy and festive across the country, and that means it's time for the Christmas bird count. Now, the Christmas bird count, or the CBC as we'll be referring to it throughout this episode, is a citizen science project that has been running across North America for 122 years. Let that sink in for a minute. 122 years. It runs from December 14th to January 5th, and we wanted to bring you all of the details now so that you can go and get involved. I'm personally very excited to be joining the CBC myself for the first time this year. I'm headed to Horseshoe Canyon near Drumheller, going to catch up with colleague Jody Allaire. He's going to take me searching for living dinosaurs in the land of dinosaurs, and I couldn't be more excited. To give us all the juicy details about the CBC and how it all works... I've got Yusuf Atia with me today. He's our outreach and content specialist here at Birds Canada, but he also coordinates the Christmas bird count. So a man of many specialties. Yusuf is based in Richmond, BC. You'll remember hearing from him in our January episode nearly a year ago, where he shared some of the best birding highlights from 2021. So Yusuf, welcome back to the Warblers podcast. It's so awesome to have you. How you been? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Um, and can I just take a quick second to congratulate you and the rest of the Warblers production team for winning the 2022 Nature Inspiration Awards? Well, thank you. Thank you very much. We are thrilled about that. It's been a big honor. And I mean, shout out to all our listeners who have believed in it right from the beginning and supported us along the way. Uh, it's very exciting. What kind of birds have you been seeing lately? just kind of enjoying the return of winter birds to my area. So I'm here in the Fraser River Estuary in BC, and it's a really important wintering area for thousands of lesser snow geese and tens of thousands of waterfowl and other shorebirds like Dunlin. It's comforting to see the return of these winter birds that I haven't seen all summer long. Um, and my feeders are starting to to become active again i got the juncos it's like seeing old friends that have gone gone away for the summer and they're back for the winters that's so nice people don't think about winter is the best time of the year for birds but there's still a lot going on okay christmas bird count let's get into it for people who are new to birding could you tell us what the christmas bird count is and what birds canada's role is yeah the christmas bird count or cbc as many of us know it is a coordinated bird survey undertaken by volunteers. It takes place every year during early winter. And in Canada here, it, we've got counts from coast to coast to coast. And actually there are circles all throughout Central and South America, and obviously in the States. So it really is you know, a hemisphere-wide program. 
And Birds Canada manages the program nationally in partnership with the National Audubon Society. There are now close to 500 counts in Canada alone. That's huge. And this this is a long-running program, I understand. Could you tell us a bit about the history of the CBC? Like, is it true that this is like the longest-running citizen science volunteer-based monitoring program out there? It, it is true. It's been going on since the year 1900. Wow. So during the late 1800s, there was traditional holiday season activity called the side hunt. And it was really just a free-for-all where people would group up in teams, take out their, their shotguns, and shoot all the critters they could find. And at the end of the day, the team with the biggest pile of dead things was the winner. Um, so that year, in 1900, an American ornithologist named Frank Chapman proposed that it would be just as fun to count the birds and there would be the added benefit of, of monitoring their population. Because even at that time, you know, think back to 1900, bird declines and extinctions were already well underway. You know, we'd already lost Labrador duck, you know, great auk, Carolina parakeet. I'd, I'd rather not go on. Mm-hmm. Um, so these bird declines and extinctions were already underway. And the CBC kind of caught on, which is really fortunate because it turned one activity that was destructive to one that eventually became really beneficial. Well, thank God they clued in and stopped shooting everything in sight. (laughs) I'm so excited to participate in its modern form. Yeah, a lot has changed in the past hundred years. Yeah. (laughs) And it somehow still maintains the spirit of, of that side hunt with just a little bit of competitiveness. All right. So for listeners who have never taken part in a CBC or, you know, folks like myself also doing my first one. Can you describe what's involved in a day of counting? Yeah, so the survey in any given count itself has a circular boundary, which is a 24-kilometer diameter centered on an urban area or a point of interest. So to give you an idea of the size of one of the circles in Calgary, where you are, the CBC is centered on downtown and extends pretty much to the west and eastern boundary uh, limits of the city and as well as to the north. But because Calgary is kind of long north and south, southern parts of the city, including Fish Creek Provincial Park, aren't actually in the circle. So all the counting has to be done within that defined circle. Each circle is divided usually into smaller areas where um, volunteers called skilled counters actually go out and travel around with and cover that area and count all the birds identify them to species and keep track of the time they spend birding and the distance that they travel. The other way to participate is to be what we call feeder counters or feeder watchers. And if you're familiar with Project Feeder Watch, it's basically the same thing, except that you'll need to know which day the count is on and make sure that you submit your data to the count compiler so they can add the results. So there's one day that, say, the city of Calgary is doing the count. And if people want to be involved, they have to tune in to that day in in their specific region. Is that correct? That's right. And if they actually want to go out and and count birds in the field within the circle, they actually have to get in touch with their count compiler. Good to know. So for some folks listening, your count might have already occurred when this episode comes out. But 
maybe not. Maybe you've still got a chance to go out. Either way, you can still go birding over Christmas. That's that's 100% acceptable. And there's always next year. And there is always next year. And we'll pump it out and re- all the reminders everywhere about the Christmas bird count coming up. How do the Canadian CBCs compare to the ones down in the States? There's many unique species that have most of their range entirely in Canada or mostly in Canada and remain in Canada year round. So grouse or chicken type birds, woodpeckers, owls, uh, and winter finches are examples of species where the highest counts during winter tend to come from counts in Canada. It's kind of nice to remember that there are species in Canada that our friends in the States aren't seeing. That's that's a good reminder because I know there's lots of stuff that people in the southern states especially are going to see that'll make us all envious. But we've got good ones, too. We're making them jealous as well. Oh, for sure. And it's I always like to say it's about quality, not quantity. We got the most quality up here, folks. <laughs> Any cool highlights you'd like to share from Canadian CBCs over the years? Or do you have any like really epic stories to share with the listeners? Rare birds are interesting to most of us. Knowing that a bird that should be somewhere in Eurasia, for example, can be found in Canada is it's a lot of fun. That's what happens most years on Christmas bird counts. And the reason that birds turn up so frequently on Christmas bird counts is because of the way the survey doesn't just focus on everyone's favorite place to go birding or on hot spots. It forces us to go to residential neighborhoods, underbirded areas where otherwise we wouldn't go. And because birds don't know where the hot spots are, they will occur where they need to be. And often it's in these random neighborhoods, you know, with a mountain ash tree that's been attracting robins and starlings and you know, all the birds are feeding there and uh, that's exactly where the field fair or red wing or brambling or whatever other rare bird uh, might be around is hanging up. The CBC page on birdscanada.org is a good place to read about highlights and results from previous years, including what's called the High Counts article. And it's essentially the record book of Christmas bird counts. And there you can find out that the highest count of long-eared owls in Canada came from the Hamilton Christmas bird count in 1960, where they had 65. Good luck finding that many now. <laughs> um, you know, or check out these insane numbers of alcids from the northern tip of Newfoundland at Lance O Meadows, where over 50,000 thick-billed murres and close to 73,000 dovekey were counted in the mid-1980s. And those last two are examples of species that really don't go much further south than Canadian waters. So there's that. There's quality and numbers for you, Andrea. Nice. (laughs) On the flip side, we are seeing that many species are increasing, or in some cases, we're adding new birds from further south. As the climate warms, species are starting to shift their ranges northward. We're starting to see those birds. And now we're actually getting them in Canada during winter. Using Calgary as an example, When the Bow River started staying open during winter, it allowed large numbers of waterfowl to overwinter. And now the highest counts of Canada geese in all of North America come from Calgary or Lethbridge during the winter. And another example I have is common raven, which, by the way, is the one species detected on more Christmas bird counts than any other in Canada. Common ravens have been increasing in the north. 
For example, Whitehorse in the Yukon Territory set a new all-time record of 3,300 common ravens within that circle alone. That is impressive. That's that's an eerie amount of ravens to have hanging around. So it's a, it's a time of year where maybe it's fair to say Canada's a little bit underbirded and this Christmas bird count really gets people out to check out habitats that they maybe aren't normally birding at. Get away from those hot spots, see what's going on in the cities, see what's going on just just wherever your backyards. Uh, and we seem to get a lot of really awesome data from it by the sounds of things. So in your opinion, what do you think has been the biggest impact of the program, both for birds and for people? Yeah, so I think the most obvious or tangible impact of the program is that it's an important conservation tool in that we use it to derive population trends uh, because of how large the data set is and how long running the data are collected. So these population trends tell us how certain species or species groups are doing. A few episodes back, we heard from our colleague, Pete Davidson, when he mentioned how CBC data, along with other program data, are used to inform how species at risk are determined. You know, that's a very obvious impact um, of the program, and that would be enough, right? But when I think back to my early days and what drew me to participate in the Christmas bird count, it was definitely more about the birds themselves. And I didn't necessarily do it because I thought I would be making an impact to bird conservation. But once I started joining in on the CBCs, I met so many great people whom I learned a lot from. And it was a really great way to break into the birding community. It started with being attracted to the birding, benefiting from learning from other people and meeting new people. If you think about it, it's sort of what the holiday season is about, you know, bringing people together. And uh, that's exactly what happens on CBCs, you know, under the common interest of birds. Speaking of people, I mentioned earlier that the program is volunteer-driven. Uh, we talked about participants, and I'm great, we're grateful for all their contributions. But I'd like to give a quick extra shout-out to the count compilers who spend extra time coordinating the effort, communicating with participants, entering and reviewing data. And in some cases, they do this year after year for decades. So thank you all for your dedication. That's huge, huge commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Thank you. Well, and thank you to you too, Yusuf, and, and everybody else who's been involved in the past. Like it's it's such a, a big scale project. I bet it keeps you pretty busy. Yeah, there's there are actually close to 500 different Christmas bird count circles that take place between December 14th and January 5th every year. It keeps me busy, but I really enjoy it. And uh, our role is to support all those compilers and help them succeed at running their accounts. Do you have a favorite spot you've gone on account? Is that a fair question to ask? Sort of not a fair question. <laughs> and the short, answer, the short answer is no. I mean, I honestly would love to participate on every single one because each circle is unique. But I can say that I have like some of my fondest birding memories come from time spent on, on CBCs while growing up in and around Calgary. There are several counts that take place just like adjacent to Calgary in the foothills and in the ferries, and they're all held on different days. So you can actually squeeze in like four, five, six, seven counts in one season. And, you know, as a teenager growing up, I was the Christmas break was really long and uh, it kind of like, it was sort of boring. 
So mm-hmm. the Christmas bird counts was like a way to spend time and see some really great birds. And, uh, and at the, when I was younger, to hitch a ride with other folks to get out to these cool places. The Christmas bird count really, you know, was my break into what citizen science is. And uh, yeah, definitely near and dear to me. Where can people learn more about the program and how can they get involved this season? Please go to birdscanada.org slash CBC, or you can find it from just our homepage under the You Can Help. We have a CBC page where you'll find a map of Canada that you can navigate and actually see all the different circles. Find your location, find out which circle you're actually in or which one is nearby. When you click on a circle, it will tell you the date that it is planned to go ahead and the compiler's contact information. You have to contact the compiler by email and just say that you're interested and available, and they will let you know uh, where they could use your help, and whether that's by going out into the field or counting birds from home. If you're new to birding and want to get into the field, then you'll likely be joining someone more experienced. So don't be um, intimidated or reluctant because you don't think you're experienced enough. Just be honest about how experienced you are, and you'll be you'll be uh, added to a group that that knows what they're doing. And it's a great way to learn about winter bird ID and where to find birds from those experienced birds that are already going out. I actually find winter birding less intimidating because there's not a bunch of leaves to hide them and there's just maybe a few fewer species. So it's it's a digestible amount. In the winter, you're right. It's it's a little bit more visual and there's there are fewer species. If you're somebody who's like a seasoned birder, you know, or quite experienced and you haven't been involved, I ask you to give it a try and maybe you'll find that it's, it becomes a tradition, you know, like it has for so many of us. And of course, if it's not uh, in the cards for you to go out that day, but you're in a circle, then you can participate as a feeder counter from the comfort of your own home. That's a great way to get the kids looking out the window in between Christmas specials and eggnog. Make it a tradition, counting birds at your feeder. Or just in your yard. Well, it's lovely. You've certainly got me sold. I'm excited to be getting involved this year. Uh, so again, for folks, that's birdscanada.org slash CBC. Yusuf's also got a really awesome article in the latest issue of our magazine. That's Birdwatch Canada is the magazine. And the article title, I love it, The 12 Days of Christmas Bird Counts. Beautiful. Uh, so go check that out as well if you're a magazine subscriber. Thanks so much, Yusuf, for taking the time to tell us all about it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being part of the Warblers podcast. Bringing you stories of birds in Canada has been such a rewarding experience. And hearing from you about planting bird gardens and choosing bird-friendly coffee or, or how you've been treating your windows, it's incredible. It means we're having a positive impact on bird populations. Another way we can support the birds that we all love is with a donation to Birds Canada. You may already know that the Warblers is a Birds Canada project, but it's just one of so, so many that we do. You've already heard from lots of our experts who are working really hard to save birds and protect habitat. You know, leeches, storm petrels, marbled murrelets, piping plovers, of course. So as you consider your year-end charitable giving, I hope you will donate to Birds Canada and support our ongoing work to increase the understanding, appreciation, and conservation of birds in Canada. Visit birdscanada.org slash warblers gift to donate today. 
The Warblers is produced by Jody Allaire, Ruth Friendship Keller, Kate Dogleish, and Andrea Gress. This episode was edited by Greg McLaughlin and engineered by Katie Jang, with music by Jose Mora and art by Alex Nichol. Until next time, keep birding! <laughs>